Welcome to the podcast, A Drink with Derek. Follow comedian Derek Richards on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to his YouTube channel and watch all episodes of the podcast. Now grab a drink and join your host, Derek Richards. Hey, it's Derek Richards here in Las Vegas. Welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks for uh, joining me today. Producer Sean Schultz down in Florida, who is currently without air conditioning. Sean, I don't know how you're doing it in Florida with no AC. God bless you. You've got to be just uh, getting cooked like a brisket down there. I've got some uh, upcoming dates. Uh, I had a great time, by the way, this past weekend in Columbus, Ohio with uh, Dave Landau. I did have my rental car stolen. I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. It's I, it, it was so ridiculous. I can't even wrap my brain around it, but uh, I've got some dates coming up here. August 1st, I'll be in uh, Pentwater, Michigan at the Village Pub. August 3, 4, and 5, I'll be at the Comedy Castle in Royal Oak, Michigan with uh, Dave Landau. August 15th, be in Gladwin, Michigan at a place called Mr. M's. And then August 18th, the Comedy Room at Portofino in Wyandotte, Michigan. And then September 20th through the 24th at the Harris Casino in Cherokee, North Carolina. While you're online, grab a copy of my album, Double Down. My latest release recorded in Florida. Get it on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. Double down. It's fun. Trust me. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. Double down. Snag your copy today. Also, um, check out the show Normal World on Blaze TV. Both myself and my guest today have appeared on the show. We also did a, a couple of sketches on there as well. Normal World on Blaze TV. Subscribe now on their YouTube channel. That's for free. Go to Blaze TV, type in normal, normal 20 as the promo code and save 20% off of your membership. My guest today is a former ball player. He's now a comedian and co-host of the Slick and Thick podcast. You can find his comedy sketches with Dave Landau on Normal World, also um, with uh, Michael Loftus on that show tonight. My, he is also, uh, let's see, he's got some dates coming up here. I'm going to pull this up real fast. I wanted to mention this. He's got some dates coming up August 12th at the Roxy Event Center in Joplin, Missouri, August 17th. Mickey's Downtown Bistro, Lauderdale-by-the-Sea, Florida, September 9th at the Wealthy Theater in Grand Rapids, Michigan. My guest today is Gerard Michaels on A Drink with Derek. We got topless trannies and coke parties in the White House. DC's lit? I don't remember DC being this lit. I remember being a kid, DC was pretty uptight. You couldn't even stick cigars up fat chicks, man. It was like... <laughs> DC got loose. And we got Corinne Jean Piaul just like up there just lying to people. Hey, what do you think about cocaine in the White House? Okay, but how about all the other days cocaine wasn't found in the White House? <laughs> I feel like you're not giving us credit for that. <laughs> it's like trying to go on a date with OJ be like, hey, what happened with that wife? Okay, but what about all the other girls I went on a date with? You have to figure out a way to immunize yourself from external validation, especially the compliments, because the compliments are addicting. There's nothing like attention from an attractive female. There's nothing like getting respect from another male that you respect. It's important in life not to let the highs get too high and the lows get too low. Yeah. You can't let the compliments make you feel like, yeah, yeah, I'm the and let that be your source of validation and pleasure. You gotta know that yourself. Know that you're practicing discipline and doing the right things, the hard things in your life. That's what's gonna give you actual validation, real validation that you can actually be proud of yourself. And it's the same way, like when someone says something, you yep. can go like, I know what I'm doing. We have a conversation and the whole thing goes away. Just listen to this happy customer. So some chooch tried to convince my Tommy that he's a Tanya, not even a Teresa. So I called the Sabatini brothers, and now I don't gotta worry about that no more. Well, whatever you wanna live your life, you live your life. This is Doubtfire, one of my favorite movies of all time. All we're saying is, maybe leave the kids out of this, huh, that's it? We have a business that uh, isn't for everybody also, but we leave the kids out of it, and so should you. Yeah, we're not gonna drag an eight-year-old into the boom-boom room for Martini Sundays. <laughs> so if you've had enough, call the Sabatini Family Protection Services. 1-800-GABAGOO. Mm -hmm. And now, I'm gonna say this one more time. 
Use a burner oh, phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, How dense are you people? <laughs> that show tonight with comedian Michael Loftus, comedian Gerard Michaels, uh, podcast host as well. This Lick and Thick show with uh, UFC fighter Mickey Gall. Good to see you, buddy. How are you? Derek, what's up, man? You're one of my absolute favorites. This is an honor to be here, man. Thank you so much to have me on, man. Oh man, glad you're uh, glad you're here for the show. Before we uh, go any further, you're down in uh, South Florida right now. Uh, yep. Drink with Derek. I want to hear your go-to cocktail first and foremost. Well, I, I'm a I'm a beer only guy these days because I used up all my whiskey tickets. But back in my uh, my Halcyon days, I was a big fan of a, uh, of a Bullet Rye uh, Manhattan was was my favorite. <clears throat> yeah. I've never heard the so phrase now, now "used up my uh, whiskey tickets." I used up all my whiskey tickets, buddy. Oh man, that's got to be your T-shirt. That's funny as hell. <laughs> it's yeah, high, high score, beat the game. Um, but the uh, I I couldn't I you know I, I I had I hit rock bottom as we all do, and I, I was sitting there making a deal with God, like, hey, you know, if you don't let me die, I'll never drink again. And then I'm realizing I'm lying to God, like right before I'm about to die. So I'm like, I'll never drink hard liquor again <laughs> if you let me live. So. Now, now, every now and then I have a couple beers, but that's about it. It's important to go into mediation with God when you're having these conversations. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, I can remember it vividly where I'm like, I'm literally like, I'm lying to you. I, I'm, I might die and I'm lying to you. I'm, Life is I'm all not. about compromise. <laughs> yeah, can, can we uh, can we maybe meet in the middle here a little bit? Yeah, it still saves me and no hard liquor. That's final offer. Well, now I've got it. Well, this obviously leads to the next question, which is way too easy. What is your best drunk story? If you used up all your whiskey tickets, there had to be a ticket that went to nowhere that uh, my, that you needed my to have best, punched. Yeah, my best drunk story. Um, huh, well, I don't. How, how what 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 is what is the rating on this uh, on this podcast? You do whatever you want. Uh, all my, about my truth. Best my best my my best drunk story was uh my girlfriend uh was cheating on me when i was playing in wichita and i got hammered and had a threesome in a public bathroom that night um that's my best drunk story in wichita kansas uh you know that, that was a good one that's a good that's a good story um but most of my drunk stories don't have happy endings, man. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know that's such, yeah. a, that's such a, a such a double edged sword when I ask that question, where you say, "Hey, what's, what's your best drunk story?" Well, that's a great story for you to tell, but some yeah. of the ones that you do tell, you're like, "Oh yeah," and then I ended up in jail. You're like, "Well, that wasn't that yeah. was somebody's good." It makes for a good story. It doesn't necessarily have to I be haven't. a happy ending. I do have a couple of those. Uh, the one I'm talking about, uh, I was hanging out with a guy named Jelly Roll, who's now a very massively famous uh, recording artist. We were chilling right. at his, uh, it was actually his one millionth uh, subscriber on YouTube party. He was having this huge party. And uh, I, was, I was on tour with this this guy named Catfish Cooley at the time, like Redneck Jesus. And, and uh, somehow, a couple bottles of Maker's Mark, uh, we decided that, you know, I could take on Jelly Roll's whole security team. And so Catfish and Jelly were betting on who would win in these fights. And I fared quite well. But the bottle of, of Maker's Mark, a, a gun came out, the party ended. Meanwhile, Jelly Roll is like Snapchatting this whole thing. And these girls start hitting me up like, hey, we want to come to the party. We want to come to the party. Of course. Why wouldn't random strangers want to hang out with me? So I hit them up as I come to the party. They're like, no, why don't you come here? I'm going to skip the, the details, but uh, I ended up getting stabbed six times. And, uh, yeah, as I'm getting on the, on the gurney. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Turns out, uh, you know, random girls just don't invite you over like that, you know. So Nashville's still a great town. I still almost moved there. <laughs> stabbed but, um, six times. On a, and you're laying on a gurney. Yeah, laying on a gurney. Um, and and uh, yeah, that 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 was that was my rock bottom. But like you know, being able to say that I I had uh, 
I wrestled Jelly Roll's entire security, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and thank God I'm here to tell the, the tale. The, I, the, there's a lot more detail that I'm going to spare you in for now, but the, uh, that, that one was a, that one, that one was again, that, that was the one where I, yeah, I used up all my whiskey tickets here. You know, I'm sitting, uh, I, 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 to I toast you, my friend. Yeah. Taking on a guy's security yeah. team and, uh, and taking six stab wounds. That is uh, wickedly impressive. You know, the problem, man, is like when most people drink too much, they have the, you know, they have the common sense to pass out like a gentleman. Uh, I just turn into a nonstop life ruining machine. You know, you can't, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm six foot one, 300 pound ex professional athlete, you know, happily violent. And, uh, yeah, I need to be in control of, of, uh, of myself at all times for, for the good of, the good of humanity, man. Like I, I, I describe myself, Derek, and I don't know if you, as a great Irishman yourself, feel this way. I describe myself as antiquated technology. This right here, this, this, this is the creme de la creme genetics for 16th century humanity. But in 21st century humanity, this is this is nonsensical. Like I, I'm a I'm a battleship in a world full of drones. Like this is nonsense, you know. Like, <laughs> You put me in the highlands of Scotland in the 14th century, you know, I, I, this is it. You can't get better than this. I'm not going to freeze to death. I'm not going to starve in the long winters. Battle axes, let's go. But you put me in a world where you need to be an accountant and a coder to make a living. I, I'm destitute. You know, it's, uh, it's... You would be the king. Time and place, you would be the, You would be the king in Scotland. You... You and uh, you and Mel Gibson and Bra oh yeah you you fit the uh, you fit the mold absolutely perfect. That, I wish I, I had you. Kids, when I hear these commie kids going off about they want revolution, I'm just sitting in the back going yes yes please let's do this please <laughs> please please burn it down you commie kids please unleash me unleash me I'm begging you please please I defund wish. the I'll police I beg you to defund oh. the police please I beg you please. I wish I had you in Columbus, Ohio last weekend. I'm in Columbus, Ohio with Dave Landau. And Funny guy. literally, I have a rental car, a Kia Soul rental car. That's all they had left on the lot, intermediate at Detroit Metro Airport. All they had was a Kia mint Soul, green. a white Kia mint. Soul. Oh, I, well, at least it was I, mint green. I, I wish it was mint green because I would have just laughed even more. I mean, it looked like it just came with, you know, Taylor Swift downloads already in the computer. <laughs> but... I have a Kia Soul and literally it gets stolen from the parking lot at the hotel in Columbus, Ohio. It gets stolen. And I call up Dave and I go, hey, am I losing my mind or did we like not bring the car back last night? He goes, oh, we, we, we parked the car. And I go, what's well, gone? And it turns out that apparently Kias are stolen all the time in Ohio and Pennsylvania because they're easy what? to steal. You can pop off some. I know. I didn't know this either. But everybody in Columbus, Ohio knew. Every time I told somebody, yeah, I had a Kia Soul that got sold, they go, oh, Kia? Yeah, I can understand that. I'm like, what really? do you understand? I go, how low on the theft ring chain do you have to be to be stealing Kia Souls? Apparently, they're being taken by teenagers and being and joyriding them, and they're crashing them, and they, and they could care less. And, the, and they're, they're being stolen left and right because <laughs> all you have to do is pop something off of the steering column, and there's literally like a USB that you can shove in there, start the car, and take it really how long yeah, do you think my question to you gerard michaels mr uh, no longer with whiskey tickets how long does a kia thief last in county lockup i, I gotta tell you i, I don't I, I can't imagine that that's happening domestically like north korea must be coming over here like they, they have they have a they have sleeper cells <laughs> you know they, they they're 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 their society is so decrepit and non-functioning that they it's easier for them to send a sleeper cell <laughs> to Columbus, Ohio, steal a couple Kia Souls, and this from them to like retro engineer and build a, a warehouse. I don't know that. Can you imagine standing in front of the judge, looking at ten years for Grand Theft Auto, and the judge being like, "It was a seventeen thousand dollar Kia, bud." Like what? What happened here? Like, 
wasn't even that. The car had 65,000 miles on it. It's a budget rental car. So, you know, it's, you know, it's called budget, not fancy rent a car. So yeah. the car had 65 grand on it. And these kids steal the Kia Soul. Thankfully, I had nothing in there that was any of any value. I didn't have any. Well, that, well, really, it's just a major issue. or anything like that. Because, yeah. It's oh, it's a, a huge major pain in the oh, Such a pain. And then you got to yeah. go through, you got to go through everything with budget, you know? Yeah. And, uh, budget, the credit card company, the cops, that. all that stuff. Yeah. Unbelievable for a Kia Soul. That's got. I gotta tell you, that's gotta be hilarious for Landau because we were just in Jacksonville together like two weeks ago, and right. if the car was gonna get stolen anywhere, <laughs> that, that that you played there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna go deep, deep into detail, but if 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 it was gonna get Landau did the funniest joke. He did the funniest joke. There were kids in the pool outside the hotel and you can hear them screaming from inside the comedy club and Landau just goes oh that's the sound of freedom and just it just moves on oh <laughs> no <laughs> he's like he's like don't mind that he's like don't mind that that's the sound of freedom and people are taking a second to register and he's like it's it's better not to know it's better not to know <laughs> oh my god that is so damn funny. That is yeah. that is absolutely hilarious. Well, this is I actually the car still segue. got stolen. I they literally I have no idea how they even or or why they did, but I'm like I don't know how they got. I told Dave I said, "Hey, my uh credit card company said I've got the theft coverage." And Dave and and, and Landau goes, "Oh, so Capital One's got to fork over $3100." He goes, "I'm sure they're thrilled." <laughs> And I'm like 3100 and I go that is way more than that car is worth. <laughs> Perfect segue for what you said. I know. Perfect segue to what you had mentioned about somebody being on stage and hearing a, a distraction. Uh did you hear about the Miranda Lambert situation out here in Las Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, she's on stage. Going she's going into um going into her song and I've seen her in concert. I love her. She's a great uh, fantastic artist. But uh, there was a clip, and I want to go ahead and show the clip here real quick. Sean, pull this up. This is a Planet Hollywood, Las Vegas, Miranda Lambert. Uh, most people have seen this, but if you have not, go ahead and play this clip here. I love the way she handled that. I thought that was great. Now, as a performer, because obviously we're stand-up comics, and then you know, I started reading all these comments because, of course, the the girl that had the picture taken it was her with like five of her friends, and and of course she's on you know Good Morning America, and she's like, oh Miranda, you know, dress me down. I felt like I was being lectured, you know, by a by a teacher. I'm like, well, yeah, you're being lectured by it exactly. If you're acting like a child, that's going to happen. And I was seeing the comments that were being posted on social media where people were calling Miranda Lambert a prima donna. And they were saying, well, you know, these people pay thousands of dollars for their seats. You know, they should be able to go ahead and take a selfie. I'm like, listen, you and I both know there is no way that six women just jumped up, took one selfie and sat down. We've all seen it no matter where we've been. You've dated somebody and you're taking 35 selfies with 35 different angles, different lighting configurations. And it turns as as it turns out, that's exactly what happened. I mean, it wasn't like they stood up, took the picture. They took multiple photos. They were standing right in front of the stage, being disruptive as hell. As a performer, how do you think she handled that? Well, first of all, I want to go on the record as saying I agree with you. Uh, white women are a plague on society uh, in general. Uh, especially... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
mean, Derek, our, our founding fathers, they, they left us so few rules, so few rules. They were like, guys, you can have this utopia. Just just don't let them vote and don't let them go to shows. Like, that's it. Like, that's all. And you can just have this utopia. They're looking down on us like, we, we left you so few rules, guys. Uh, no, but, <laughs> but as a performer, I, there is nothing more terrifying, nothing on earth more terrifying than a group of six blonde women with streaked hairs sitting together and ordering white wine. You know, at some point, you see, man, you're going to get me on one here. I think the problem is, is that it's, these it's, women... It's better you don't have whiskey anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine you're getting this wound up with You're getting this wound up with a cup of coffee. It is a really Brother, good thing that your whiskey tickets are gone. It's it, it's impossible for these people to not be the center of attention for a full hour. They they have reached such peak narcissism that they can't allow the attention to be on something else other than them for the entire duration of a show. Right? And and here's the rule. The rule is for anybody listening to this, you can't pull focus. As soon as I see people looking at you instead of me, I have to address it. If you're talking loud at your table, if you're trying to heckle, as long as I can see the crowd is still focused on me, I'm going to ignore you. I'm going to ignore you and let you die out. I'm going to let you die on the vine. I'm not going to feed it. But as soon as people start looking at you, okay, now you've made the show about you. And what what happens next is not going to be something you like. I can promise right. you that. Because I have to put an end to this. If I'm playful with you, I'm now encouraging other people to turn my set into a Matt Reif disaster. All right? Where now we're just, now we're just, now we're just doing, you know, communal comedy. You know? It, right. And I think, unfortunately, because of guys, and I'm not hating on Matt Reif. He's very successful, very talented dude. But because of the success he's had in TikTok, and because of some of these things that people have seen, Pink, some somebody ran up on stage and threw their mother's right. ashes on stage during a Pink concert. Like, the right. audience thinks they're a part of the show. Will Smith running up on stage smacking people. Like, these people think they're a part of the show. No, you're not a part. This is not an interactive experience. We're here to perform. You're, here, you're there to take in the performance. Right when you try to make the show about you, and look at this is the big thing with Miranda Lambert. Look at where she's looking. She's looking right dead center in the front row. These girls were sitting there huddling up. No, no, I don't like that angle. Take it from a bitch. Can I do the show? Oh yeah. Can I perform here? <laughs> can mm -hmm. I? Be, if you want to be like that, guys, and if you can afford those tickets, hire your own paparazzi. You want to be a Kardashian? Hire a photographer to take pictures of you from all different angles, all right? Make it about you for your social media extravaganza. Everybody's their own PR agent. I get it, but come on. You can't ruin the experience for the people around you, and you can't pull focus from the artist. Those are the exactly. rules. There's so few rules. And I actually think she handled it perfectly. I would have handled it way worse. I probably would have jumped in, made like a joke about it, like, hey, can I get in the picture right. too? Everybody was like, woo, and I would have taken the phone and fucking chucked it. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that. What did we learn? Again, the whole thing is, you bought exactly. We yes, exactly. Well, and the whole thing is, again, just because you bought a ticket to the show doesn't give you, didn't buy you the ticket to now make it all about you. You yeah. you, you bought the ticket to see the artist, and then somebody had posted this thing. I can't remember who it was. I'm I was trying to find it here. <laughs> the best comment I heard was. From a lady that said, sit your hag ass down and watch the artist that you came to pay to see and hashtag team Miranda. Yeah. So Miranda Lambert, I, I love you as an artist. I love you as a, uh, as a human being and for what you did to that crowd right there. And again, thousands of people are cheering. So obviously it was a distraction for not just Miranda, but for everybody around, around them. Derek, so you're, you're I, I thought she handled it me, beautifully. Man. You're, you're a little bit older than me. Not a lot. But like, six when months. did we as six a when, six seven months I think? When did we seven as a months, culture? Yeah. This is all just for men. Uh, <laughs> when did we as a culture lose the capacity for shame? 
I feel like people don't have the healthy level of shame that they used to have. Like you used right. to be able to like count on somebody not doing something so shamefully narcissistic because they'd be like, yeah. wow, people think I'm a narcissist. Like that's how society worked for a long time. Right. We kept each other in check. Now we, we've like, we've lost all capacity for like, what it's is the wild, civilized. wild west. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I don't, I, my, my, you talk about like, um, I, I lost kind of all feeling, emotion, sympathy, empathy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago when Antifa was burning everything down during the summer of love. And then they asked the one girl, they were like, what do you think about burning these people's buildings down? And the lady looks without even breaking a, without even like breaking a beat to think about it. She just goes, they have insurance. And I'm like, oh, okay. These are the wow. rules now. These are the rules now. So now wow. everybody I don't like, I can just punch in the face. And if I break their jaw, I just go, they got insurance, right? Like, I don't, I don't get it. If you, if I have worked If you steal a Kia years, Soul and you think I have insurance on that thing, you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what, bro? Do you know what? Do you know what the punishment for stealing a Kia Soul should be? Having to drive around in a Kia Soul. <laughs> the next How do you 20 roll years. Up? How do you roll up as a male, any self-respecting male, and pull up in your gangster hood with your with your chicks hanging out on the porch and you go, look what I got. Huh? Yeah. Who you wants some, some of this? Neons. You throw some neons under those 10-inch rims. <laughs> you drift on into the IHOP parking lot. What's up, That's baby? Okay. Pull on some 10-inch rim. 10 inch rims on the uh, on the on the donut that you're driving yeah. around on on those it's the, the spare tire donut speaking of which yeah. you know, i want to talk about the antifa thing only because there's another story that's been obviously circling for a while was the uh jason aldean uh, mm. song try that in a small town now mm -hmm. that's been talked about 50 million ways to, to to cleveland the question i had for you is that song and of course, obviously, it was just basically talking about the the riots, the the, the burning of uh, you know stealing, um, just the chaos that was going on. And he, of course, says, you know, try that in a small town, and you're basically not going to get very far. And of course, he's being called every name imaginable. CMT pulled this stuff off. I think Luke. But Bryan he's not being called wrong. No, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's being he's being called everything but that. Now, my question to you is. My question to you for Jason Aldean, uh, if that song was performed by a black artist, do you, what would, what do you think the response would be? Yeah, I, I think, um, there's a lot of people that I've become very friendly with a lot of my ex teammates, man, you know, people of color, people from all over the country. It, it, it's just so condescending. One of them even posted about it. I'm, I'm not going to say his name because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think he'd want sure. the attention. But he posted about it. And he's a liberal guy, and like he's like, so the song says, if you steal, if you riot, if you loot, you, you, you're going to have consequences. And everybody immediately thinks he's talking about black people. He's like, and then his thing was like, Antifa was mostly white at the end, guys. If it, it, you know, BLM was a white movement in most of the cities. So the fact that the people trying to defend or go on the offensive against Jason Aldean, they're the actual racists. No, nobody, nobody said anything about it, these guys right. being black. You're just assuming, well, this is, you know, this is the Joe Biden, you know, crap. This is, uh, you know, uh, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. You know, I, I mean... This is right. the, the president of the United States said that out loud. I mean, they tell you exactly who they are, man. And the right. fact that we as a country um, sit here and think like protecting yourself and your community is not a virtue. We've been turned upside down. We've been turned upside down. You know, listen, there's a reason why those riots happened where they happened. You know, there's a reason why every 100,000, 200, I, I remember when I was living in Brooklyn, and this was kind of the last draw. Well, I was living in Jersey City working in Brooklyn, and this was kind of the last draw before I was like, I got I to gotta move down south. We were locked down. I couldn't do comedy. 
I, I was working in the entertainment industry and we, we were locked down. I still had to pay rent. I got my twenty. I got my twelve hundred dollar check, and now I'm trying to pay you know three thousand dollars a month rent in my loft, but they won't oh, let yeah. us out. We're locked down. No. Businesses are closed, but they're having. Uh, it was some sort of of. It was a gay and trans march during the teeth of COVID outside of the Brooklyn Museum, and it was like two hundred thousand people, Derek, and I'm sitting here going. Who are you marching against? Everybody mm -hmm. in Brooklyn agrees with you. <laughs> cool. Right. Why don't Why don't you guys all hop on a plane and go march in, in Riyadh or Saudi Arabia? Why Why don't you Why don't you take this march through the streets of Beijing? Like, why are you marching through downtown Brooklyn? Everybody agrees with you. Like, you know, right. this is a show of force. That's all this is. So we're shut down, but you guys can go out whenever you want because you're the guys that are really in charge. All right. You win. I'll see you in Florida. And that's that. And that's kind of it. And and so I'll take what Jason Aldean said and I'll, I'll escalate it because I've had these conversations with Canadians, especially down here in Florida. And it has nothing to do with race and it has everything to do with ideology. If these commies that already forced us out of our home, they tried to silence us. They try. I mean, Derek, you're one of the funniest dudes I, I, I've ever seen live. You're legitimately knocked down hilarious for 60 minutes if you were a liberal you'd be a household name with a, your own like uh your own tonight show you know and you're not even that conservative right. of a guy if you were just leftist you'd be a late night tv host no doubt about it if i was willing to toe the line i know where my career would be i wrote on tv i know what being disobedient to the machine gets you and that's fine i've made this decision and my fans i love them to death whatever small fan base i have they come out they support, they purchase. I love those people. I love the slick and thick fans. I, I, I love them. But there's also a tinge of you've already, I've already, it's fight or flight. I've already flighted. Flighted? Floated? Right. Flitted? Flighted. I, I flitted. Flighted works. Right? I'll go with flighted. Now if you bring that shit to my door again? Mm-hmm. What I happens know. next? I, my conscience is clear. I, you know, as the great Dave you. Chappelle once said, the great Dave Chappelle once said, somebody I probably disagree with politically 90% of the way, but man, did he nail it when he said this. He said, the First Amendment is first for a reason. You better stop censoring what people say because the, the repressed the repressed explode. The first, the first Amendment is first, and the Second Amendment is there if the first don't work. You know? <laughs> I haven't heard it put that way before, but I like that. I'm a big fan. You were a, uh, well, I want to ask, because I mean, obviously you're a stand-up comedian now, and you're also a podcast host, the Slick, uh, Slick and Thick Show with uh, Mickey Revolutionary. Golf. And, uh, and it was, uh, what's that? Revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. Revolutionary. I'll go with revolutionary. And again, this is me you sober. Like, I know. It, it's a really good thing. That you had that conversation with God. It really is a good, it's a very good thing for all of humanity. How did you go from being, now you were a ball player. You were a baseball player. Yeah. You're Wasn't like good one enough. of the largest, <laughs> I, I mean, outside of Aaron Judge, you are a big ass dude. And I'm like, what did you play? I was you, catch I, I'm, I'm picturing, I, I'm, I, was, I was a catcher or first baseman, so. Yeah, well, I was a catcher, and then they tried moving to first base, and I was so bad at first base, they tried moving to left field. So bad at left field, they moved me into comedy. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you play with? What was your uh, – how, how far did you get in the, the uh, in the system? Sure, I was in the Cardinals organization, uh, rookie ball, A ball. Then I played uh, independent ball for a bunch of years. Did an offseason with Toronto. Uh, yeah, I played in, in Mexico a little bit and finished up in really uh, – St. Paul Saints, I guess the highest level I got to would be considered the Atlantic League, which right. was really, you know, incredible baseball. Um, it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. I loved it. And I, and I tell people this all the time. Like, baseball, it didn't need to change the rules. You know, it, all they needed to do was put a pay-per-view Twitch stream in the dugout. The funniest human beings on earth are baseball players chirping other baseball players. Now, the Players Union would probably never go along with this. But the conversations sure. uh, the conversations in the dugouts are the funniest conversations you've ever heard in your life. 
I mean, the things that the guys are talking about, the way that they talk, they're, they're so funny. It's just, and, you know, because so much of it is just wasting time until you're next at bat or, you know, or sure. a pitcher, the pitcher that pitched the day before, you know, he did his job for the week. He went out, had a couple, and now he's he's nursing it in and he's sitting in there, you know, and you're telling your war stories or you you got to re- – you got to remember when from the last time you were in this city or it's, it's, it's so, so funny. It's, it's the greatest reality television of all time. And it would make baseball the most popular sport in the world again. I would love to see that. I, I, I always, I often say, you know, when they show those segments on, when you're watching Monday Night Football and they're like, Hey, here's so-and-so mic'd up. I'm like, that's not mic'd up. I, I no. mic'd up again. I want to see, I want to see a camera trained <coughs> on the coach and I want to hear everything that's being said between him 100. and the players and the arguments when you see these guys going after each other on the sidelines I go that is that is where they would make ridiculous money we could take off these stupid ass little sponsor patches that all the teams have now yeah. and just have a pay feed just going right into your favorite teams dug out like you said or a sideline on an NFL oh. team that would be hilarious oh my god can you imagine the running back who just got smashed by the 320 pound D lineman getting after the lineman on the side, you know, the guy that blew the block. Like, that alone, man. You imagine just just the feed. I just want to listen to Marshawn Lynch all game long. I, I want to I know what's going on in that crazy brain of his. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because some of these guys, they're very auditory. Like, as he's juking somebody, he'd be like, nope, uh-uh, uh-uh, nope. Uh. Like, it's so funny. It's so funny. Like, it's so much more dynamic than these nerds that run the teams ever think it is because they've never played the sport. Right. It's insane to me that the people that run these things have never done it. It's nuts. They've never they've never even put on a, a pair of cleats, so they don't understand their own product. It drives right. me up a wall, man. It really does. Like, And that's what makes Manning Cast, I think you nailed it, that's what makes Manning Cast so good. Because it's just a whole bunch of ex-ball players BSing the whole time. And then look, the yeah. game's going on in the background, but it's you're getting all that other insight. You're getting all it's I say the same thing with comedy. I really do. The real special is following the comedian before and after the special with all the stress, having to deal with all the crap, waiting backstage. The opening act is blowing through the light. He's he's cutting his own special, doing twenty five oh, up yeah. there. Now you're heated in the back. Like that's the juice, baby. Like, you know, it's like, hey, somebody like this guy. What's this guy doing? You know, I mean, that's <clears throat> that that's that's the that's the real juice right there, man. I mean, that's to me, it, it's that's if we want reality TV, like, let's just go all in on actual reality. If we have no shame, like, oh, yeah. let's just have no we shame. have no shame let's now it, and you're, you're going to make money on it. If you could go ahead and charge for a Twitch feed. To, to even and even pay more to isolate a particular player like you're talking Marshawn Lynch or like yeah. back you know before Antonio Brown lost his mind oh that's how great, great would that have been that's how great, great would that have been to be on the sideline that, that, that meltdown where he, in real time that meltdown oh. where, where he took off his jersey and he was running off the field I'm like this is great you would have made take a killing all. NFL take, take I did I did I did dump my entire take all my money have it <laughs> I can watch Antonio Brown melt down in real time. Yes, yours. This is what you want, right? Notice I'm a comedian. You got my money. Singles. I don't need it. I don't need another. <sighs> I need another tribute jersey. You know. For, yeah. You know. It, you want to make money off of me? Just again, g- give me access to the product that I'm watching. Give me the access that Thank I you. want, and I will give you. I will give you the money. Now you're. Now you're out of. You know athletics but you're now working with an athlete right now in mickey gall ufc fighter who is a uh a machine by the way i follow him on social media great good god big fan of yeah i mean yeah great guy yeah super super cool guy you came out in sarasota with uh with mickey and uh, and his whole crew from the um uh what was it the uh the gracie uh jiu-jitsu yeah david adiv that just happened to work out perfectly we were out there filming those guys were filming a seminar uh, right, you know, with David Adiv is you know one of the one of the best jujitsu coaches in the world, you know, and he's down there doing a seminar, and, and Mickey was helping out. Mickey is one of his black belts, and yeah, it was it was perfect, man. It was and very gracious of you to let me hop on, man. That was so cool. 
No, that was great. It was fun to have you out there at uh, McCurdy's Comedy Theater in Sarasota, and your crew came out there. And now you work with Mickey now on the uh, podcast, the uh, Slick and Thick Show. Give yep. me the elevator pitch on the Slick and Thick Show. To the people watching this right now, why should people tune into this? I know why people should tune into this, because it's it's a hilarious, very well-produced, very well-thought-out podcast. And you guys are both about as honest as you can possibly get. So you sell I, me on this podcast. I think that's it. I think you have two guys that genuinely like hanging out with each other, uh, discussing topics one person knows about, maybe the other person doesn't. Uh, from a lens, we have no narrative. We're not trying to push a direction on anybody. We're just literally having a good time with good people. Um, I think the cool thing with us is, is if I had one word to use, it would be authentic. What you see is what you get. Uh, we've had we've had preachers on, and we've had prostitutes. We've had bank robbers, and we've had movie stars. Uh, you know, we've got guys that are fighting in the UFC currently. And we have guys that, you know, that that no one's ever heard of that are some of the most influential people in the history of the sport, right? So um, I think really access would be another real cool thing. Like, I, yeah. it's a weird thing where, where Mickey is like the world's funniest fighter. And I'd like to think I'm the world's most athletic comedian or, you know, or Brendan Schaub's in there, obviously. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I, you know... With all due respect to Brendan Schaub and uh, you know uh, and every WWE wrestler who's now doing comedy, I, you know I'm, I'm a pretty athletic comedian. and He's a really funny fighter, so really funny athlete. It just really works well. We we have. Um, <clears throat> I also think, and maybe maybe this isn't, you know, it shouldn't be this way, but it is this way. So you're gonna get. The guys open up to us in ways that they don't with other quote unquote media because we're not media. We're we're like one of the guys. Right. You know, we're we're you know, we're we we've been on the mats, we've trained, you know, we we work out together. So um like one of our best episodes I think we that we did was with, you know, the former champ Rashad Evans. And it was just it was just fun. It was two hours of fun. We could have talked for six hours. And, he, you know, he gave us one of the best compliments that, that I think anybody could give us. And he works for ESPN, too. And he goes, you know, at the end, he goes, you know, normally I'm looking at my watch and I can't wait for these to end. He was like, man, I could have talked to you guys for another two hours. Um, and I think very much like yourself, it's just I think that that's what the audience wants, right? The, I think we do a good job of making the audience feel like they're in the room with us. And that, I don't think, can be faked. I, I just really think that we have a great chemistry. I love the kid. He's an amazing human being. Um, and we have a great time doing the show. I'm very, very, very grateful. Very grateful for it. Well, and that platform is uh, Gas Digital, where you can go ahead and check out uh, Slick and Thick Show. So go on there. And uh, and, and it's what it's on Mondays and Saturdays. Is that correct? Yeah. At like 2 p.m. Yeah, Eastern time? That's right. Monday and Saturday at 2 o'clock, gasdigital.com. You can use the code SNT30 for a free month. SNT30 for a free month. You get uh, free access to all the videos, every video we've ever done, plus you can comment on the video. But if you want to check out all of our clips, they're also on our YouTube, on our TikTok, and on our uh, Instagram as well. Yeah, definitely. And follow Slick and Thick Show on uh, Instagram and also uh, also Gerard Michaels and Mickey Gall uh, separately too because some uh, some great, great follows on there and, and the clips that you guys post from the uh, – from the podcast are great. So, I mean, if you don't, you're like, ah, do you want to commit to this podcast? Go ahead and go online and check out the uh, social media reels that you guys post up there, which are fantastic. Now I want to, you and I had the pleasure of uh, being a part of this killer sketch blaze media <laughs> down in, uh, down in Dallas, Texas with our uh, mutual friend, Dave Landau, quarter black Garrett, the whole crew. Those guys just do such a good job down there. And you and I were both part of this sketch. I'm going to go ahead. I'm not even going to say what it is. I'm going to go ahead and play this sketch from Normal World, the show with Dave Landau, Quarter Black Garrett on Blaze TV. Sean, go ahead and roll this clip. It's a forgotten game of winners with only one loser. It was the greatest sport ever played, and I was lucky enough to be its announcer from 1991 to 2020. I even got to call games in the heyday. I called games for Buck McMackey. You all saw me out there. 
dominating. You saw the way I wouldn't catch a ball to save my life. As soon as the ball hit my hands, boom, in somebody else's hands before they can even think about tackling me. Buck was one of the greatest in this or any era. In 11 seasons, he was only smeared once. A game where only the strongest survived. You know, when I was a kid, my father would take us to Grambo Field every Saturday. Those players were like gods to us, you know? I, uh, I used to sit and watch them play, and I, I dream of going pro like them someday myself. You know, for one shining moment, I did that. So the league went under. Sorry, Pops. The last game? Yeah, the last game I ever called was July 6, 2020. And to me, that's the day that professional sports died in America. It's unclear where the game originated. Some say Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, others say Southie in Boston, but most likely it was in Philadelphia when some kids were playing football and decided they wanted to have cheesesteaks. It was lunchtime and one of the kids goes, hey, let's go to Gino's for a cheesesteak. This other kid goes, I don't want a cheesesteak, I'm vegetarian. And then boom, just like that, smear to queer was invented. The game was brilliant in its simplicity. You threw the ball up in the air, it landed next to somebody, and now they're the queer. They have to pick it up and get rid of it or else... Once it became a professional sport, Smear the Queer swept the nation. Everybody had a team. The Topeka Baptists, the New England Rastafarians, the San Diego Stepdads. It was a cultural phenomenon. The stadiums were packed every Saturday. And the rules were simple. The home team would come out, have six innings to smear their queer. Then it goes to the visitors, they have seven outings to smear theirs. Get all the analytics and the overcoaching. It was a simple game. Whoever smeared the most queers won. It was an honor to be a part of an STQL dynasty. It was more than a game, man. It was an American institution. In 2015, the league instituted a new rule where teams could now choose one player to be queer the whole game. Yeah, back then I was warming the bench in the Wyoming Pistol Whippers and feeling pretty down on myself. But then coach came and took me aside and said, you are the all-time queer. Uh, made me feel pretty good. I think every team after that in the league had an all-time queer. But it took its toll. This is what they signed up for, man. Nobody made you be queer. You knew what you were getting yourself into. You signed up to be the queer, and I signed up to smash the queer. Like, what? Like, come on now. This is, this is how the game was played back then. Suddenly, there was just all this new information about head injuries, and people were getting more and more concerned. I was asked to study the brains of several retired all-time queers from the STQL. Uh, and, well, if you look over here, we have an example of healthy, unsmeared brain tissue. And then what, and then you're just gonna cut to that, or? Do you, you notice the coloring? It's a healthy purple. Whereas uh, this slide uh, is the brain tissue of a retired all-time queer. I think it speaks for itself. I don't wanna hear all that industry mumbo jumbo about doctors and lawyers and every time you eat a cheeseburger does somebody say oh we're, we're, we're causing heart attacks across the country no you know what this is what people want people want to eat a cheeseburger and they want to smear a queer this is this is what america this is america like well i don't understand what this retrospective is about frankly the name's not what's problematic about this you understand Kill the guy with the ball doesn't, you're killing a man. In fact, smear sounds a little bit too light for what they are doing. I always, I always say the Jews are worth the dream. I've made it my life's mission to put an end to the all-time queer.
especially after the Felix Graham's incident of 94. Felix Graham's was all-time queer for the Miami Pink Sox. Things got out of control and he was smeared to death. Many people called the incident a hate crime and gay rights groups started protesting at every game. That's when attendance got thinner and thinner. Whoa, hey, hey, whoa, 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 hey, 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 no, no, no. Juice worth the squeeze. Juice worth the squeeze. With an ongoing concussion scandal and changing social attitudes, it seemed like things couldn't get any worse for the STQL. But no one was prepared for what happened next. We limped along until 2020, then COVID hit. That changed everything. In accordance with CDC guidelines, on-field social distancing rules were implemented. And players had to stand six feet apart at all times. And it just, since then, it just, it's, just, it's just not the game we grew up with. When the league folded, a lot of players didn't have anything to fall back on. Some went into podcasting, others law enforcement. Still, there were others who tried to move on as if nothing had ever happened. And that's when Smear the Queer went underground. Men would lie to their families to go out and do what they loved. Like you, you have to understand one thing. I don't smoke, I don't drink, okay? My only addiction was smearing the queer. We were all heartbroken. But you just gotta lick your wounds and move on, I suppose. But when the league ended, silver lining, it gave me a chance to be a father. Oh, your, your kids still play smear the queer then? Oh, I don't have custody. Critics, man, they, they can say whatever they want, all right? It's not like I got my father killed from not paying my gambling debts, all right? Like, it was smear the queer. Buck was paid to smear the queer, and Buck was the best in the world at doing it. And it was a different time, and I get all that, but you know what? If they asked me to do it again today, I would do it in a heartbeat. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to go lead a high-speed chase and maybe end my own life. All right? Would that make you happy, critics? Blame it on the CTE. I think this game always be remembered as a national disgrace. If you could go back in time, would you do it all over again? All day. All day. All day. All day. I'm actually still playing. They started a new league in Uganda. How fun was that sketch to do? They put that together like over the course of about a couple weeks because you were down there like the first week they were on. And then I was there like a couple weeks into when the show started and Brother. they were and they literally handed me these lines when I got there and they go, hey, would you want to be in uh, in this 30 for 30 thing on uh, on Smear the Queer? I'm like, yeah. So they're like, OK, here's the. So, yeah, we were talking. They did a legit uh, 30 for 30. It's, it's yeah. 12 minutes long. They made a 30 for 30. Like, like if there was actual highlights from a real game that they can put in, it was a 30 for 30. And the, and the most impressive thing is that they did it in a couple weeks. I was like, this is insane. This is a short movie. And I got to tell you, I, I thought the whole thing was so funny. The, 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 the cojones to put that out there in today's day and age. And then, I, you know, 
when people, people are going to think I'm kissing, I'm kissing your butt or not, I'm telling you, the truth of the matter is, when you did that Philly accent, and you were like, I'm a vegetarian, and the smear, the queer was born, dude, I died. I died. I died. I died. It was so funny. Um, I, 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 I ad-libbed that Jordan reference on, like, the last take. I can't believe it made it into the thing. If I, if I ever have oh, the pleasure... Oh, did you? Yeah, if I ever have the pleasure, the honor of meeting Michael Jordan, man, I'm going to hope to God. Like, I hope everybody in the world sees it but him. <laughs> you know? Like, what? I speed the quiz. I'm like, I got segment. my father killed <laughs> by gambling. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that you had ad-libbed that. That is hysterical. Oh. And I encourage yeah. everybody to share that clip because it's being suppressed on social media because oh of God. its obvious uh, you know, content. But I think it's hands down one of the funniest things that I've seen. Uh, Dave Landau put it together and, um, and well, he wrote well, it, but then everybody world. else was just no, the whole it's crew so is outstanding. Man. Yeah, every, everybody's got to support normal world. What they're doing is so important for the culture at, at large. It's it's just it's it's kind of bigger than comedy. What they're trying to undertake, man. And I, you know, I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, preach their 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 value to all of us in the comedy community enough. You know, to, right. to just to have freedom of expression, actual freedom of expression again would would just. I, I personally think our way out of all of this is satire. I really yeah. think the more we can hammer these these petty tyrants, the more we can make, you know, all of their nonsense obvious. I mean, that's the whole thing with that show tonight. Like, you know, when we did the Sabatini sketches, it's like, okay, well, how, how can we present what's happening in a way that's not going to get us canceled, right? Because the jokes write themselves now, Derek. It's right there. Cocaine oh, in yeah. the White House. Like, okay, <laughs> This this isn't even a sketch. This is this is the news. So now, how do right. we make fun of this in a way that they're not going to censor us? Because we are in in a bizarro world where the people committing the crimes don't get in trouble anymore. The people who talk about the people committing the crimes do. So this is yep. where sketch comedy, stand up comedy podcasts. I really think they're very, very, very important to help. Kind of like it helps people understand that they're being gaslit like what your your audience listening to this you're not crazy these are nuts times these are crazy people you're not mm -hmm. the problem i'm telling you you're you it's not you folks they, they'll make you feel like it's you but it's not you it's not racist or homophobic to ask questions before you put something in your body that's that, that's not mm -hmm. it that's, that's you're not yep. crazy man I know it's 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 un it's it's a clown world. If you can't see that we're living in this clown world, and if you can't laugh at it, then you're just gonna you're just gonna lose your mind. You're gonna you're gonna end up killing yourself. It's uh, it's awful. Now you're in uh, South Florida here. As we go ahead and wrap this up here, Sean, our producer who is in uh, Inglewood, Florida, is absolutely he is sweating like a rapist right now. He is his <laughs> air conditioning is out at his house. He has got to be just dropping pounds even as he is producing this uh, podcast. So, Sean, I thank you. I commend you for uh, for sticking through it and not telling me to know we can't record today because I don't have air conditioning. What exact – what would you – what's the most you would give up, Gerard Michaels, to have your air conditioning fixed in South Florida in the summer when it goes out? I immediately go to butthole. I'd give up the butthole for sure quickly. <laughs> Quick, quick, I, quick! I did not see, I did not see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> at this, you know what? At this stage, at this stage of life, I'm not using it. You know, I turn the air on. You know, it's funny. We talk about the minor leagues before. We would, we would sit on the bus, 21 year old, young, dumb, strong. By, by the way, strong. forgive me. Forgive me, how we went from giving up the butthole to talking about the minor leagues, but continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd sit on the bus and we, you know, we'd have to take these 10 hour bus rides, right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and and half, the, half the bus barely spoke English and, and the half the bus that did spoke English spoke it poorly. So the, uh, we'd sit there and we'd, we'd play these like games, you know, like uh, never, never would I ever or something like that. It's like, you know, you'd sit there and be like, all right, here you go. 
I'll give you $10,000 to eat a spoonful of poop out of Angelina Jolie's butt. Oh, no way, man. Absolutely not. How much? In millions of dollars. And we're, we're 21 years old, and we're full of hope, and we're going to the major leagues. And I think about that those days often now as I sit here and I go, man, it, it's it's remarkably pathetic what I would do for like $1,000 now. Like, it's, it's remarkable. Like, my, my air conditioning's turned off. Uh, you want my butt? I mean, you got to make it work, Sean. I want I want you to bring up the the whiskey ticket, give up the butthole tour, <laughs> coming up for Gerard Michaels. Pull up these uh, dates that he has coming up. He's going to be in uh, Joplin, Missouri, August twelfth at the Roxy Event Center, August seventeenth at Mickey's Downtown Bistro, Lauderdale by the Sea, Florida, and then uh, September 9th at the Wealthy Theater in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Make sure you follow him on social media, Gerard Michaels, the uh, Slick and Thick Show podcast with uh, Mickey Gall. And uh, again, check out uh, the clip again on uh, Normal World with uh, on Blaze TV. Please go ahead and share that clip with as many sick humans as you can possibly forward that to. And uh, again, buddy, I can't thank you enough for your time, my friend. I'm so happy to uh, get a chance to connect and uh, I will look forward to uh, hopefully seeing you down at, uh, at your studios here coming up here real soon. Man, I, I, I'm honored to be a part of it, man. Thank you so much for having me on, and it'd be it'd be a, a true blessing to have you on, slick and thick. Can't wait, man. You're one of the you're really one of the funniest dudes in America, Derek. Man, you really are. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you so much, man. I will. Uh, I'll I'll take you up on that butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now it's a party. I'll turn the air off. Come on, you're invited. It is a party. Turn, turn off the air and turn up your ass. You hear that? Here we Did go. you hear that, Hollywood? Can you let us in now? Will you let us in now, Hollywood? Are we sag? Is this how we become That's our sag? show. A drink with Derek. I'm out of here. Gerard Michaels, Derek Richards. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Drink with Derek. Find out when Derek is appearing near you by checking out DerekRichards.com. See you next time for A Drink with Derek.